0: so many fun, weird details that no one even followed up about, like how Cohen said that Trump inflated his net worth by $4 billion in an effort to buy the Buffalo Bills. You lied to buy the Bills? It's like using a fake ID to get into a Nickelback concert. <laughs> I just thought
1: that was uh, needless. Why the hate? I don't know. <laughs> All those young men have dedicated their lives to crafting <laughs> uh, enjoyable faux rock music for young people.
0: I don't know why the hate um uh so how you doing good glad to hear it
1: um i've nope. had my 10 million dollar idea by the way awesome finally i can retire to the the life of luxury i i've so longed for mm-hmm. coffee flavored dish soap what so my my travel uh, okay. mug which i drink from every single day of my life it's it's a fine contigo model durable uh, accessible uh, leak proof Contigo for all your coffee swigging needs. What's really open for some free gear.
0: What's I brand, that brand I bought the other day? The super expensive brand? I supposed don't to remember. keep everything hot or cold for like two days. The Yeti? Is Yeti, Is that Yeti? yeah. I got oh, a, a Yeti coffee you. cup. It's like $30.
1: Yeah. But anyway, so uh, I finally washed it because the top was looking a little funky with the valve that you press and suck your coffee out of it all. Funky and, well, and it, uh, So I, I wash it and then I rinse it like forever and it still tastes like soap. Hmm. I mean, it just and this is. I mean, I've rinsed it and rinsed it and rinsed it. This is it's my concentrated second, Joe. It's my second cup of coffee out of it, and it still just tastes like soap. And it dawned on me, coffee flavored soap. There you go, Because you can't enjoy it if you think, wow, I wonder if there's some soap hidden in there or something. I wonder if there's a pocket of soap. I'm probably drinking soap. It's so poisonous. Nah. Mm. There you go. Ugh. Be on shelves by this it's mine copyrighted. I won't Don't take steal it. it.
0: So NBC, Wall Street Journal work together for their polling. I don't understand why these uh, this happens for polls. It just does. NBC and Wall Street Journal are together. Uh, ABC works with the Washington Post. CBS works with, I don't know who they work with, somebody else. But um, NBC, Wall Street Journal poll has Donald Trump at 46% job approval. That's the highest number he's had. He's up three since January. In uh, I was told all weekend long. That he's had the worst month any president's had uh, in modern history or something. But anyway, he's up three. Uh, if you break it down by party or where he does the best, got about 90% of Republicans, which is, wow. which is higher than normal even. You might not know that, but generally in your own party, you're not even that
1: high. And he's at 88%. Seems perfectly clear to me why that is, too. It's resistance to the resistance. It's the I, that's exactly you know, what it you is. You can be arguing with your spouse all day long. And if somebody comes to hurt your family, the two of you are united. Oh, you I wouldn't, mean steel bonds. It. And that's what's happening. Republicans are I've got friends who've stated this to me. Yeah, there's plenty about Trump that makes me pretty uncomfortable, but I've had enough of the, the media and the constant one sided this and the blah blah blah. A blanket. I'm for Trump. They say to me.
0: I, I read an interview with Seth Meyers over the weekend in the, in the New York Times, and their condensation, they're being condescending. They're, condescending? That's what I'm trying to say. They're condensation. They're no. moisturizing the outside the, of a beverage no, container. No exactly. None no of those are the words I want. A cold drink on a hot day, Sean. Those aren't the words. The metaphor. I metaphor. No, they're condescending. There yeah. you go. Yeah. The level of being condescending. Toward Trump and all Trump voters was just, and they, and, and it was interesting because the article was about how they they work so hard not to be, but they're so condescending right. that they were, they were, they were patronizing and condescending in their attempt not to
1: be right. It reminds me of Bill Maher, that uh, monologue we played the other day in which he was trying to be understanding that the flyover states don't hate us. They want to be us. No, 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 no. Oh, my gosh. You still don't get it.
0: And it was a lot of they're so stupid. You have to walk very carefully and tread carefully because you don't want to offend the stupid stupid. I mean, it was just just like that anyway. So, yeah, what you just said is a lot of Trump support. It's just F you. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Definitely or probably would vote for Trump in 2020 at 41%. The Democrat is at 48%. These numbers always amuse me. Every oh, presidential election. Democrat? Yeah, because yeah. it's against a imaginary Democratic candidate. Well, he wouldn't have beaten an imaginary Democratic <laughs> candidate, but he did beat Hillary Clinton. Right. And he still cannot beat an imaginary Democratic candidate, but he might beat whoever. You don't know. We'll, the fact we'll that it's single-digit points? That's that's an amazing statistic.
1: Just in the opposite direction.
0: That's a worse number by a lot than Obama had at this time. It's a better number than Clinton had, and they magically leave out George W. Bush because I'm guessing it was uh, wouldn't have fit in with. The it's narrative. an odd
1: oversight. Since he was two presidents ago and a
0: two term president. So,
1: but listen, if you look, if you think about every Democrat in the country and every moderate who's willing to vote Democrat, and each one of them. Gets to picture the Democrat they like the best. I'm a Bernie person. From Kamala Harris to Joe Biden. From, from Bernie to, to John Hickenlooper who just got in from Colorado. I've got his path to victory right here. Do you?
0: Hickenlooper's yeah. path to victory. Yep, yep. how John Hickenlooper can win the 20th uh, just the Democratic nom, I guess, not the, right. the whole shebang.
1: But so you got all those <laughs> Democrats moderate get to picture whoever they want in their little fantasies. Oh, I wish it was blank. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And that imaginary multi-candidate beats Trump by how much? 48. 48-41? Yeah. Seven. That's, that's That's 47. Four, that's nothing. A seven-point difference. That's yeah. nothing.
0: I'm guessing that Bush had even a bigger hole and they left it out of here because it doesn't help the narrative of the story. Right. That's the only thing I can guess. Right. Why would you leave out? You go back to Clinton, but leave Bush out of this. Okay, whatever. Fine, I get what you're doing.
1: So, See, this is why people are cynical. Yes, yes it is. It is absolutely one of the reasons people will vote for Trump. They're not trying to help you understand the world. They're trying to sway your opinion to one particular point of view.
0: Um, but I thought this was interesting and then I'll, then I'll wrap up the poll stuff because, you know, we're two years away. What's the most popular presidential characteristics? You, you list characteristics and polls the best. Being African American, a combined 87% of all voters say they're enthusiastic or comfortable with that characteristic. Fine. That's, that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> As I said, when Barack Obama was running, and when Hillary Clinton was running, we're long past that. Being black would be a benefit to you. It wouldn't hold you back. Being a woman will get you more votes, not less, mm-hmm. in our modern era. Any attempt Among people who actually vote, yes. Any attempt to act like that's holding you back is just playing that game, I guess. It's trying to increase turnout. Uh, white man's at 86%, woman's at 84%. Gay or lesbian is at sixty eight percent? That's up from forty three in two thousand six. And these are enthusiastic from, or comfortable with. Yeah. yeah. Voting for a person that's lesbian or gay has gone from forty three percent in two thousand six to sixty eight percent. Man, that's a change quickly. What's the
1: least popular characteristic? Profoundly mentally ill. Murderous. Right. Uh
0: dead. The single Big least Big Bang Theory fan the show <laughs> not the scientific
1: hey, hey, hey. hey get your own radio show for your jihad <laughs> i
0: <laughs> turn off his mic i couldn't vote for that person you know who i like sheldon uh the least popular thing
1: you could have sheldon as a for as,
0: secretary of science <laughs> as a characteristic is being a muslim 49 percent
1: obama right. hank hank give it up the man's a private citizen now
0: no, I'm sorry. This this is backwards. This is backwards. They they wrote this in a weird way. That's on the list of least popular, but that's at 49% are enthusiastic or comfortable. So you got, you know, over half that aren't. You go down the list because they, they've written it backwards. Socialism, just 18% of
1: all Americans say they ver- view a socialist as positively. Wow. That's amazing. Compare that to college campuses and the nation's media. Yeah, no kidding. Boy, that may be. That's almost as egregious as the whole uh, the abortion thing. The way the media portrays it being wildly, wildly different than the vast majority of Americans. If the media was going to do a good job, they would ask at
0: least four candidates that have come out and said they embrace socialism today. It's the according to an NBC Wall Street Journal poll that's the least popular characteristic of any presidential candidate, and mm-hmm. have them explain it. Wow, but they won't ask him that. Wow, that would be my guess.
1: That Muslim stuff is interesting. The uh, anti-Semitic problem continues to grow for the Democratic Party in the U.S., the Labor Party in the uh, in the U.K., as more and more Muslims join those parties and have either righteously, reasonably pro-Palestinian points of view, and or just hate the Jew. What? Yeah. That's a little strong. Well, that's true. It's what they express. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a challenge going forward. Uh, This is
0: a big concern to some people. The universe seems to be expanding at a faster rate than all cosmologists predicted.
1: What? I've adjusted my figures, and I think you should, too.
0: (laughs) And some Trump from CPAC over the weekend, all coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation.
2: this thing for another year <laughs> because i've destroyed her political career and now i won't get a chance to run against her and i would have loved it
0: i thought that was a pretty funny angle and and and, and possibly true he, he did in pocahontas uh, elizabeth warren she now she no longer has a war path to the nomination see what i did there and uh and uh and so he said he's got some other things that he's holding back So he doesn't take down some of the candidates
1: he wants to run against. So, Seth, with your condescending interview about how stupid Trump voters are and how we're trying not to condescend to them, which is difficult because they're little better than apes. Um, (laughs) Racist apes. The the stuffed shirt, dignified, political-speak, reserved uh, politicians of days, weeks, and generations past there's a huge chunk of America that's realized that all of their all of their uh, their their perfumed phrases, all of their gilded language and all was designed to hoodwink the common people and to job us job America to, to to get what they wanted, not what they said they were going to get for us or do for us. That's it. You listen to Trump. And, and is, oh man, I shouldn't have blown all my good stuff on Pocahontas. Because it would have been great to run against her. That is not perfumed phrases and gilded speeches. It's just very regular guy. It's very straight talk. And yeah, I know Trump says all sorts of stuff that's not true. He can hardly tell you what time of day it is without exaggerating, for instance. Um, but, you know, that's a huge, huge part of it. So Trump spoke
0: for over two hours on Saturday at this big convention, conservative convention thing called CPAC that is supposedly important. And um, it was just a couple of years ago. They didn't want him to speak at all. It's the conservative political action committee, Jack. And and now he is the rock star of all rock stars with a two-hour speech and nobody leaving the room and everybody cheering. This minute will give you an idea of the flavor of what the event was like.
2: I've learned because with the fake news... If you tell a joke, if you're sarcastic, if you're having fun with the audience, if you're in live television with millions of people and 25,000 people in an arena, and if you say something like Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. emails, please. (laughs) So everybody's having a good time. I'm laughing. We're all having fun. And then that fake CNN and others say, he asked Russia
0: to go get the emails. Horrible. I still see that conversation. I saw somebody over the weekend. Joe Scarborough this morning.
1: Pitching it. There was no way that was a joke. That was a... That was the tip-off to the the Russians
0: that now is the time. That was (laughs) the sign.
1: He let it slip that he was in league with Putin. I saw that speech. It was hilarious. That was when all tens of thousands of Hillary's emails had disappeared and nobody could find them. And he said, hey, Russia, if you can find them, find them. It was... Well... That was a really good example, though, he gave. Really good example. Um, a number of people
0: think you should pitch your chocolate-flavored. Uh, coffee coffee-flavored. coffee-flavored dish soap to Cray yes. America. Seems like the right corporation. To for it. who? Cray America. Oh,
1: from the uh, Seinfeld uh, <laughs> show.
0: And people who study the cosmos are concerned the universe seems to be expanding faster than expected. Astrophysicists are throwing together a, uh, a, a hurried conference with new data that's out to try to explain why. They may have to rewrite the history of the cosmos on this information. They thought they had ex- knew exactly how fast the universe was expanding, and all of a sudden it's going way faster and nobody knows why.
1: So if you're heading to Cygnus X-1, pack a lunch. It's going to take you another half an hour. Fill up with gas before you leave. Right, exactly. I don't know
0: what it means, but it's. I read that and I thought, God, what, what if... I'm telling you, and then all the my ifs, or bad thing, <laughs> all all my what ifs, were, it doesn't matter. We would just all be atomized and it'd be gone, and nothing would matter.
1: Anymore. There's a rest stop at Pluto, and it's kind of dirty and gross, but you got to stop there because the next stop is like 500,000 light years beyond that, and your kids are going to be crying. Stop at Pluto. Take my word. Do you think you'd be happier if you understood all that stuff or less happy? Because I and if to, somebody knocks on your stall door, ignore it. All right.
0: Again, I was trying to read a brief history of time last week. 'Cause a new anniversary edition is out and I just do not understand it. Not brief enough. Just can't wrap not my a head around pamphlet on time. Black huh? holes and quarks and the going back in time and all this different sort of stuff. Just can't I can't get there.
1: I'd like to. Yeah, I know. I, I I me too. I think, boy, this would be such a great head trip, and I enjoy a good head trip. You know, a good read, a good wild possibility, a flight of imagination. I dig that stuff. But the like advanced physics I just I can't. My brain doesn't work right. It's a shame, too. (laughs) What are you going to do? Maybe I need a little more coffee, which will taste delicious
3: in my clean, clean mug.
1: What's coming up in your uh, news? Joe (laughs) Getty's coffee-flavored dish soap.
3: What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Trump and Bernie drawing huge crowds already. Rand Paul challenging the president. And what is a movie these days? Questions setting off quite a debate. I saw Steven Spielberg weighing in on that, yeah. There's a
0: lot of heavyweights don't want Netflix in the game. And I can see why.
1: Oh, and we have another edition of Quaint Entertaining Yoko Theater, New York edition. Oh, really? Yeah. Fantastic.
0: All coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> the movie earlier, Leaving Neverland uh, and see it's getting attention on the early show and the Today Show up on the TV and uh, none of it's good news for Michael Jackson and the way people will see him for the rest of history.
1: Do we keep playing we being America, the world, do we keep playing his music? I don't know how you do. Text us 415-295-KFTC or email mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Wh- why,
0: would you, why would you pull R. Kelly's movie and play Michael Jackson's movie? Huh? Music. Huh? M- m- music, yeah. Um, Is there a reason? Just Michael Jackson was that much bigger? Well, I'm, well let's have that chat at some point. I, I'll i never hear a Michael Jackson song again in my life without thinking
1: about him being a child rapist. And I can live a happy life without listening to the music. Sure, of course. There have been a lot of crazy uh, artists whose art we like. Um, That's a decent point, too. Uh, I mean, historically speaking. A lot of
0: paintings hanging in museums with the
1: real creepos who painted them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Crazy people. <laughs> Let's get the
3: news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump on stage at CPAC for more than two hours is Speechify, and we've been telling you on Saturday afternoon, Trump thrilling his supporters by announcing he was going to go off script, turning his attention to a whole host of topics, including free speech.
2: We believe
3: in free speech, including online
2: and including on campus. Today I'm proud to announce that I will be very soon signing an executive order requiring colleges and universities to support free speech if they want federal research.
1: An idea that obviously hits my sweet spot, but really difficult to implement. We can talk about that at some point. I love the principle. Was that speech
0: like a lot of campaign speeches? Was that about actually implementing any policy or just signaling to people I'm on the side? Which is what almost all of campaigning is. Well, it was clearly the latter.
1: Whether it was the former as well, I don't know.
0: If you're a right-leaning Trump skeptic, you might be excited about this venture that's coming out soon. Uh, um, Jonah Goldberg, who we really like around here, is leaving National Review and teaming up with a man called Steve Hayes, who used to run the Weekly Standard. Huh? And they're going to have their own publication, which they say will be a report reporting-driven Trump-skeptical company. That will uh, start a likely not until September, but they'll get the whole, you know, presidential election. Jack, I was just corresponding with them about their
1: new venture, and uh, we look forward to chatting with them about it.
0: I like both of those guys, so that'll be uh, that'll be something to see what kind of mark that leaves on the world. Back to you, Marshall.
3: In the race for the White House, a new poll shows President Trump's base is rallying around him. The NBC Wall Street Journal poll shows the president's got 46% approval rating among voters and within his own party 90% approval. 90% bing, bing, approval. Bong,
2: bong, bing, bing, bing.
3: This is this is the Democrats step up their presidential campaigning. Senator Bernie Sanders firing up his supporters at a massive rally on Sunday at Chicago's Navy Pier, the Vermont Senator saying he is gonna be finishing a political revolution that he started. We are gathered here tonight to complete the political revolution we started three years ago. And the crowd oh, goes Listen
0: wild. to that crowd. Yeah. Holy cow. There ain't nobody else other than Trump out there getting a crowd that sounds like that. Don't sleep on my man, John Hickenlooper. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> he's going to take the Democratic Party by storm. This I guess, former you beer maker, You still got that, his
1: path to a victory? You still got that. Oh, handed. yeah. I, I got his uh, out to that. He could we'll, win will get back to you. The then. 2020. And, <laughs> and as
0: we learn with Obama and yeah. Trump, giant crowds that have enthusiasm matters. Hillary got her decent-sized crowds, and you could hear the clapping where right. they're supposed to clap. But that just passionate, whoa, we'll go to war for this guy right. that Bernie's got and Trump has, that's, that's a thing It's not easy to get. Elizabeth Warren's
3: not going to have that. Yeah. i don't to get Harris, me
0: some passion. I don't know if Kamala Harris <laughs> is ever going to get that. Man, Bernie's got it.
3: Yeah, another uh, Bernie clip. There's the crowd for you. Uh... And I yeah. guess it was and freezing cold
0: where they were. The term revolution is overused. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it he, certainly is. He certainly started a movement that all the candidates, almost all the candidates, are on his side.
3: So, yeah, he's the leader of that movement. Republican Senator Rand Paul saying on Saturday night he will vote to block President Trump's national emergency declaration, which he made to get around Congress and reallocate other government funds in order to build a border wall. With Paul on the no side, there are now four Republican senators who say they'll vote against Trump's declaration. Now, even if they do pass it out of the Senate, there's not enough votes to override any possible well, presidential uh, veto. Yeah, yeah, there, there is that. Yep. All right, what is a movie these days? Reports that Steven Spielberg intends to support rule changes that could block Netflix from Oscar's eligibility have provoked a heated and unwieldy. This is the best way to handle art,
0: by the way. Is if, if in like 1530, somebody decided, no, a painting has to be at least. 8 inches by 15 inches. Right. A painting that it's any smaller than that
3: does not count as a painting. We'll call it a wainting.
0: <laughs> but it will not be
3: eligible for the Louvre or any of the other major Certainly galleries. Certainly not. the a debate, has found the legendary filmmaker at Oz with some industry heavyweights who have pointed out that Netflix has been an important supporter of minority filmmakers and stories. Well, oh, is that it? That aside, I like
0: Steven yeah. Spielberg. Don't be on the wrong side of history, if oh, I can right. use that phrase. Bow, I mean, come on now. The idea of a motion picture has got to be something that the older
3: generation thought was a movie. (laughs) Come on. Right. It's
1: got to be on a projector. Yeah.
3: Now, <laughs> positive shot, I wanted to ask you about this. If you have a streaming movie, all you have to do to get it into the Oscars is to show it at a couple theaters around the country, right? During a certain time frame? Uh,
0: y- yes, I don't know the exact how many screens it must be right.
3: on, but that's something
0: that Netflix has done in in the past couple of years is do really small theatrical releases right. simply to check that box. You can, pa- you can make whatever rules you want to make, Steven Spielberg or whoever else. People are going to watch what they like on whatever contraption they've got to watch it on, and they'll call it a movie if they desire to.
1: You yeah. can't stop them. Yeah,
3: and E.T. was overrated. E.T.'s not overrated. <laughs> <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
1: Phone <laughs> oh, home, E.T. Phone oh, no. home. Uh, turn on your heart light. So, coast-to-coast, uh, coast, uh, attention being paid to the decision not to charge Sacramento, California police in the shooting of uh, Stephon Clark. I read about it in the New York Times, uh, 3,000 miles away. Indeed, and uh, we'll be talking to the chief of police, Sacramento, in, in a couple of minutes about the shooting, the aftermath, the protests, and the ruling, policies going forward. ruling over the weekend was what? The police Not did, to charge the police. The police
0: didn't do anything wrong well, or illegal.
1: There will be no criminal charges filed against the police. Okay.
0: We'll see where that stands. Uh, more from Trump at CPAC throughout the show. I hope you can stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and
1: Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
1: The conscience of the nation.
2: The Armstrong and Getty
0: Show. Throughout the show, more interesting stuff from that uh, NBC Wall Street Journal poll that's out. Also, I got some numbers on people and cars and what they pay and what a uh, monthly
1: payments are. That's pretty, uh, pretty eye-opening, but I hope you can stick around. And more highlights from the wacky CPAC speech by the president as well. So on a uh, much more serious topic, uh, the shooting of Stefan Clark, 22-year-old black man in Sacramento, uh, about a year ago attracted a fair amount of attention nationwide. And the District Attorney of Sacramento County just announced on Saturday, I believe, that there would be no f- charges filed against the officers involved in the shooting. Uh, there have been protests and, and a great deal of reaction, as you might expect. And to discuss uh, the whole story, uh, Chief Daniel Hahn of the Sacramento Police Department joins us. Um, uh, Chief, we appreciate you being here. Very much. Thank you for having me. So, listen, uh, we're not knee-jerk anything around here, as you know. We support police uh, strongly. At the same time, the taking of the life of a citizen of a free country is an incredibly serious thing, particularly without a trial, and and societies need to be very, very careful about that. Um, Having said that, well, why don't you just tell us, what was your reaction to the DA's uh, announcement Saturday? No charges.
4: Well, even before she went, I knew that it wouldn't change certain things no matter what um, the decision was. And, and first and foremost, uh, the pain that the family feels because they've lost a son, a grandson, no decision is going to change that or the, uh, the challenges that face our city and our police department. But I'm also glad that another step in the process has come and there's a few more steps to go. So it means we're progressing through what our process is. Has the department uh, come to a position, a
1: decision, on the actions of the officers that night?
4: We're still in that process. So we did the first step in that that is a high-level overview look at our organizational performance during that call. And that's where things like the new foot pursuit policy came from, the modifications to the body camera policy, and a few other things. And the last step in the the final part of that internal review is after we get the results from the district attorney and the attorney general in this case. And so the attorney general has not um, given his decision and results. And so after that, we can then um, move on to our final review. Was there a problem with the department's foot pursuit policy before? Uh, well, we didn't have a foot pursuit policy, so now we do.
1: Interesting.
4: Broad outlines of it? Uh, yeah, it mirrors basically our, our vehicle pursuit policy that Um, gives direction to our officers on the things that they have to take into consideration before they either initiate a foot pursuit or continue a foot pursuit or cancel a foot pursuit. And so um, it's very similar to our vehicle pursuit policy.
1: Interesting. Uh, How about the protests so far? I know there's been some unrest. Uh, A mall was closed, uh, that sort of thing. How out of hand has it gotten?
4: Well, it's, uh, uh, I, th- I think it's gone as good as can be expected at this point. Um, we were prepared, obviously, for any number of things. The mall closing is up to the mall ownership. They're the ones that decided to close the mall. Um, so there's been a few uh, small protests, but there's not been any violence. There's not been any uh, real significant property damage, so that's a very good thing.
1: Uh, Chief Daniel Hahn of the Sacramento Police Department is with us. Uh, the The DA in her press conference, and I know you don't work for the DA, you work for the police department, but she talked about a number of things, including the drugs in the young man's system, um, the fact that he was uh, there had been a domestic violence complaint of, about him, that sort of thing. And the family's pretty angry about that saying it was just character assassination. Why was that part of the press conference? I mean, I know the answer to that, but from your point of view.
4: Yeah, well, you'd have to ask the district attorney why she put it in part of the press conference, but I will say this. Those are all facts that were part of the investigation, and so uh, my understanding is she put it in in as part of her uh, press conference because those are the some of the factors that went into her decision-making process, so she's being transparent and telling people, um, what her decision was, and how she came to that decision
1: right, and listen, it's frustrated me a little bit because the family is aggrieved and and they're angry, and the rest of it, and they and the district attorney are talking past each other. The reason that was in the press conference was she was explaining why it would be extremely difficult, even if charges were filed, to get a conviction because you know obviously the defense would be he was an agitated young man who was prone to committing crimes and he was on a whole bunch of drugs and behaving erratically and so it would be very very difficult to prove to a jury beyond a reasonable doubt that the that the cops were just completely out of control and they weren't legitimately afraid for their lives because of the way the young man was acting and you know, I don't know if it's willful not wanting to recognize that on the part of the family or what, but I just like I said, it's frustrating because people are legitimately angry and, and grief-stricken and, and the communication doesn't seem to be great.
4: Well, and I've said this before, um, on this case and any others that will come in the future, there's been more transparency from this department than ever before, and it's not even close. Um, but transparency by itself doesn't get to the core of the issue that our community is concerned about and that we are concerned about as a police department. And transparency is not always pretty. Um, there are challenges to transparency because some stuff is just graphic and just, you know, it causes people a lot of pain. Um, so there there are consequences to transparency.
1: Yeah, that's well said. There's the, the other side of that coin. Uh, well, we appreciate you being willing to talk. It's I think it's notable. We've talked about this with you on a couple of different occasions that you guys have not hunkered down, as you say. And, uh, you know, come in transparency. Chief Daniel Hahn, Sacramento Police Department, we appreciate the time. Thank you for having me. Uh, good to talk to you. Thank you.
0: And I suppose should be pointed out yet another uh, police chief in America that is not a white male because that is a, you know, popular... Slogan of uh, of rallies and campaigns and T shirts. Mm-hmm. That we have white police officers gunning down black men all over the place.
1: Right, right.
0: Hey Hanson, can you, Michael? Hansen-
1: yeah, go ahead, Chief. Yeah, go ahead. Thanks, we appreciate your time. Thanks. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I said, it's it's tough to watch all this unfold because I get I get the pain and the in, you know, the, the family. Honestly, most of the family of Stephon Clark has been most of the family, more than reasonable and patient and the rest of it, but were outraged at some of the things disclosed by the district attorney. But, you know, transparency is transparency.
0: We got this text. The police will just stop patrolling these areas with this kind of crap happens in the future.
1: There's no requirement that you do. (sighs) Yeah. I wonder if that... Well, that has happened. In some cities, we do know that. Well, I have it on un- reasonably good authority from various law enforcement officers that if the risk is too enormous, not only like the legal risk, but the risk to life and limb, um, because you have to be passive. Like in Baltimore, this was a big story uh, when there was the big uh, the outrage over some uh, some people dying in custody in Baltimore. The police felt so cowed into inaction that it became impossible to. To police the dangerous neighborhoods, I'm not saying they were right in that perception or they followed the right strategy, but it's it's one of those things in society that is so hard finding the sweet spot between assertiveness and caution and respect by coppers in dangerous neighborhoods. Um, You can't be a, 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 a kitty cat. In these neighborhoods, you can't be too passive and and what's the right word? I'm choosing my words very carefully here because people dying is no joke. Um, But obviously, you can't be belligerent and violent either. Unnecessarily violent. Um, So it's 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 a really difficult thing. Uh, I tell you what, I think Chief Han is a hell of a good man, though, and they are serious about helping their officers understand what the policies are and what the right practices are to get bad guys into custody and keeping everybody safe. So,
0: Trying to go through my notes from the weekend of stories I wanted to bring up. I tweeted this out, that as I was looking for a TV show on uh, Saturday, I came across on one channel, they had a show called Larry King's Prostate Report. <laughs> I don't know what that show is.
1: Is it just a- It's got to be... It's got to be a little difficult to generate new storylines every <laughs> week. I'm assuming it's a weekly. Tell me, and it's not daily. <laughs> um, my he, prostate is enlarged. Omaha. Stay with us. Question for my prostate. Larry King's prostate report.
0: Um, it's the 50 year anniversary this week of the penning of The Godfather, one of the most popular books in publishing history, and also, of course, a very popular movie. Um which set me to reading a little bit of that. I'd never read any of The Godfather. You ever read any of The Godfather? It's freaking fantastic.
1: You know, I, I think I had a copy at one point, but I never read it. I had a dog-eared paperback I picked up at a uh, a, a garage sale. He was a failing writer. Mario Puzo,
0: right? Mario Puzo. He was yeah. a failing writer, and uh, and uh, somebody said to him, you know, we're, we're in debt. His wife said, we're in debt. We got to do something. You know something about mafia? Write a mafia book. And he just sat down and started a writing A A book? What good would that do? He kind of felt like the book was beneath him a little, so he just kind of got some crap out there really fast. And yeah. The publishing company said, this is fantastic. And gave him a huge uh, uh, advance, and off wow. he went. Wow. And it was, the, at the time, the fastest selling big hit book in the history of publishing. When it hit, it was just a huge, crazy success. Wow, it's like J.K. Rowling. Yeah, it was, like monsters. Har- it was like Harry Potter was, yeah, yeah. that sort of thing. So,
1: uh, here's one thing I don't know. Were there multiple books, like the multiple movies, or are the multiple movies just the book told in three chunks? I think it's that.
0: I think it's just the book was a, the, a whole bunch of different stories. There are characters in the book that aren't in the movie. It sure. kind of makes it kind of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. If you liked the Godfather stuff. Huh. Um, We got more to delve in throughout the radio program of Trump's The longest speech any president has ever given. Two-plus hours at CPAC on Saturday. Wow! And most most of it ad-libbed, which is just, it's a bad idea, and yet hilarious. Well, he's got a 90% approval rating among the crowd he was uh, speaking to. All right, I demand more highlights. Seems to be working for him. Among other things coming up, hope you can stay with us. You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.